I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you. We give you honor and glory. Spirit of the living God, have your way in this place today. Do what you can only do. Say what you will only say. Use me now, God. As I decrease, I pray that you would increase in my life right now. God, we all need you. We need a word from you. And we thank you, Father, for it's in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen? amen. And bless the Lord. Put your hands together one more time for the Lord. Amen. And so today's topic, and I know some of you have your notes, and I just want you to know that those notes that you have, they're not all encompassing. And why is that? Because I want you guys to write some things down. And that's a small piece of paper, so you may need another item to write on, your Bible, somewhere else. And so the, the title of today's message is Faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Come on, say it with your chest. Say faith. faith. Fighting the good fight. Fighting the good fight. And how many of you know that fighting is just a fact of life? Fighting is just a fact of life. And so I want to put a few disclaimers out here before I actually jump into the word. And so the thing is, is that there's a difference between school and life. See, in school, you're taught a lesson and then you're given a test. In life, you're given a test that will teach you a lesson. I'm going to say that one more time. In school, you are taught a lesson and then you're given a, a test. But in life, you're given a test that will teach you a lesson. See, I don't mind taking tests. How many of you didn't like taking tests when you were growing up in school? Raise your hand, it's okay. I mean, stop half-stepping up, okay? I don't mind taking the test as long as it's not the same test over the same material. I don't mind taking the test as long as it's not the same test over the same material in the same subject. See, I don't mind taking the test as long as it's not the same test over the same material from the same subject from the same teacher. How many of you know that God does not skip when it comes to tests? See, there's no age out or no age opt out when it comes to God and taking tests. There's no time limit when it comes to God because God's timing is not on our time nor is it on our calendar. So you know what? I used to ask this test question to my, my kiddos. I have four. I used to ask this test question to my students when I taught high school. I used to ask this test question when I taught true group. So if you are, if your last name is sharp, you can't answer this question. Yeah. If you've been a part of my true group, you can't answer this question. But here is the test question. 
I always used to ask, what is the worst job to do? What is the worst job to do? Brother Pace, give me, just throw a job out there. Okay, he said a janitor. That's a very noble job. Very noble. It's, it's, it's moral, it's ethical, and it's legal. <laughs> Dennis, you knew I was coming down your street. What's the worst job to do? I'm going to wait you out. What's the worst job to do? Because once again, this is just a prerequisite before I jump into the word. We got a janitor. That, that, that is a noble job. What else? What's the worst job to do? Okay, he said driving a school bus. Okay, wait a minute. Some people are in this room driving a school bus right now. People online watching say, he said a bus driver? Once again. Legal, ethical, and moral. And y'all pray for the school bus drivers. Pray for the janitors. But the worst job to do is redo. The worst job to do is redo. See, I grew up in a house where If one glass was dirty, the lesson was all the glasses were coming out. And we had to, or I had to redo. If I was cutting a yard and there was a a Mr. Spot, rather than going out and getting that one little spot, I had to do the whole yard. All over again. So the worst job to do is redo. Fighting is a fact of life. And we fight for our point of view. We fight traffic. We fight to get on the freeway. We fight to get off the freeway. Some of y'all are like, I know they see my blinker. I'm just going to get on over anyway. And then you double dog damn to, to ride all up on you. Because then what you do, you brake check them. Any brake checkers in the house? (laughs) You know what? When you gain weight and your body is at a new weight set point, as soon as you try to stop eating and lose the weight, guess what your body does? It fights you. To get back to that old weight. How many people struggle with losing weight? Your body just fighting you. We fight for more time, especially with our loved ones, our parents. And if you're like me and my wife, we fight for lines in the grocery store. How many of you, if you if you're with your spouse, you know you get in line and then one of you go and try to find a shorter line, and, and, and then 
you get the signal and you get out the line. And now you're trying to beat somebody to the line where your spouse is only to find they weren't even going to that line. <laughs> Fighting is a fact of life. Listen, but everybody loves to see a good fight. Let me ask this question. Just by a show of hands, how many of you used to throw those hands back in the day? How many of y'all still throwing hands today? Somebody, somebody, I'm still. But listen, before, before television, before television, people would sit around the radio and listen to some of the greatest boxes of their time. Like Jack Johnson and Joe Lewis. And though they couldn't see the fight, they saw the fight. Because they hung on to every word that the announcer said. Why? Because the greatest nation is the imagination. I'll say that one more time. See, they didn't see the fight. They couldn't be there. But they hung on to every word of the announcer. Because the greatest nation is the imagination. They saw every blow even though they weren't there. They saw every duck even though they weren't there. And then this thing called TV came along. And then we got an opportunity for free, y'all, free, to watch the greats like Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Thomas Hitman Hearns. We used to watch all of that for free, but now we can see the fight. And now we, that we're seeing the fight, we're enthralled with the execution and the precision of the fighter. And so now what ends up happening is, is that if you want to watch a fight now, you got to pay for it. <laughs> How many of y'all pay-per-viewers in the house? Pay-per-view. You got MMA. You got... Social platforms, when crazy people be fighting. Anybody know what I'm talking about? World star. And one thing that would surely land you into a fight is if you talked about somebody's. <laughs> See, I grew up and we called it high side, the dozens of. And it was all funny until you said something about mama. Don't you talk about my mama. Those became fighting words. And today we're going to discuss several passages. And my goal is to help us to encourage and understand and engage. Everybody say engage. In the spiritual battles. Spiritual battles. That are initiated because simply we are people of faith. I'm going to say that again. There are going to be battles fought simply because you are a person of faith. Which leads me to point number one. When it comes to faith, 
get ready because there's going to be a fight. I'm going to say that one more time. You got to get ready because there's going to be a fight. And here's what I've learned in churchianity. Many of us are not prepared for the fight. It's easy to say we believe in God when everything is going well. But what happens when your faith gets under fire? What happens when your faith is tested? I know some of y'all remember this song. I see your true colors. See, when when you're presented with a fight. And you know what, Pastor Polo, we always say, it's a fixed fight. And we already won. Yes, but do we really believe it's a fixed fight? Do we really believe that I'm fit for the fight? Listen, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. Some of us have embraced the new, but we still got a little old in our hip pocket. How many of y'all remember this slogan? You can take a person out the hood. Look at your neighbor and say, are you a little hood? Look at your other neighbor and say, I know you're a little hood. I know you're a little hood. Listen, when it comes to the faith, you got to be ready because it's going to be a fight. Now, I think it's important for us to define the word fight. And I think it's in your notes. And, and as, I, as I wrote that down, I said, man, that sounds very academic. But the word fight means to contend perseveringly against opposition and temptation. It didn't say, just say opposition. It says opposition and temptation. But I'm going to kind of break that definition down because I think it's important for us to understand why it's important for us to fight. So that word contend means to struggle. To struggle. To strive. That word perseveringly means with effort or consistent effort if you ever watched a boxer boxing rounds go for about three minutes and there's a two-minute interval before the next round how many of you have ever seen people fighting and they get tired while they fight because you have to expend a lot of energy and as a believer as a person in the faith you have to understand that You have to struggle with consistent effort all the time. First Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now we got to ask ourselves, what makes it a good fight? How many of you back in the day, because see, if you go to a fight now, you're subject to get shot. 
But back in the day, how many of you wanted to see a good, good fight? It's like, ooh. I remember coming home after a fight. I was in the eighth grade. I got suspended, which meant that my daddy had to come up to the school. But when I got home, my daddy said, ooh, because I got hit right underneath my eye and there was a little swelling. And the first thing my dad asked me, he said, how the other person look? Can I get a witness? Because what you're not going to do is walk up in here and the other person is unscathed. Fortunately for me, we both had to meet into the principles of it. He looked worse than I did. Because I was a hands thrower back in the day. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But what makes it a good fight? When you're fighting against the enemy. When you're fighting against your sin nature. It's going to cause your faith to grow. It's going to cause your faith to actually increase. Just like muscles. Your faith needs a workout. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Pastor Evan always says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But he says this, faith comes by hearing and not having and not having heard. Here's a take-home statement that I want you to write down. Enduring should lead to maturing. The Bible says that the race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but to those who enduring should lead to maturing. And you're saying, Sharp, well, well, what does it mean? Because what does it mean to be mature? Because let me tell you this. It doesn't matter how old you are. That doesn't mean you're mature. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter if you if you've read the, the, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. That does not make you mature. See, maturing is a process that creates discipline, which leads to some disciplined habits. See, Pastor Polo came up here and he said that he was working out and that trainer was one more. But that trainer was like, fight through the pain. Fight through the anxiety of what you're struggling against. And so therefore, as we are maturing in the faith, you got to make sure you're ready for the fight. Because let me tell you this. Faith for a thousand dollars is a whole lot different from a faith from a million dollars. And so therefore, he, he, here's First Timothy in the easy to read version. It says, we have to fight. Some of us are saying, but I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a lover, not a fighter. But the Bible says in the easy reader, we have to fight to keep our faith. Try as hard as you can to win that fight. Take hold of eternal life. It is the life you were chosen to have when you confess your faith in Jesus Christ. That wonderful truth you spoke so openly of and that so many people heard. Once you make a decision to follow Jesus, once you make the decision to pursue God's will, there's going to be opposition. There is something in the heavenlies that doesn't want to see you succeed. 
And then you're going to also face temptation. That's your sin nature. See, I grew up in a time with with a comedian called Flip Wilson. (laughs) His favorite slogan was, the devil made me do it. And oftentimes, it really is not the devil. It's your old sin nature rising up. So Paul was telling Timothy in 1 Timothy, he says, there's going to be so many things vying for your attention that will seek to pull you away from the faith. See, woman of God, when you get that text at 11 o'clock at night, W-Y-D. Everybody knows that that's a setup for a BC. I got you. We, we, we got young folk in the audience. So y'all know what a BC is, don't you? The new word is entanglements. Oh, somebody just got it. Like, oh. Oh. If you get that text at 11 o'clock at night, want to come over and watch a movie? That's a setup for a BC. An entanglement. Or somebody else just got it. I'm trying to, I want to come back and preach y'all. Romans 12, 2 says this, and be not conformed. To this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be ye transformed and progressively changed as you mature. Enduring should lead to maturing. Enduring should lead to maturing. By the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is that is good and acceptable and perfect. In his plan and purpose for you. See here's the twist. Here's the plot. See the Bible says. Be not conformed. But be ye transformed. Is it possible. To be a conformed believer. And the answer to that question is. Yes. Because. We've made church a check the box. I'm coming to church because it's my custom. It's my habit. And so uh, a a conformed believer will come into church one way. And they'll leave out the same way. But a transformed believer will come in one way. And can't wait to activate. A transformed believer and say, where's that 30, 60, fold, 100 for my life? Uh, a transformed believer will say, it doesn't matter what it looks like. God has got my back. There are so many things that's going to try to pull you away from the faith. Which leads me to point number two. And point number two is... You must know who to fight. 
For this is not a physical fight. We're talking about a spiritual fight. It's a daily struggle. It's a daily struggle. Because some of us wake up every morning. And it's a fight just to get out of the bed. Because we bought into a lie. And we look in the mirror. And it's a fight. Because what you look like on the outside doesn't reflect what's going on on the inside. Man of God, your wife is not your enemy. Woman of God, your husband is not your enemy. Children, your parents, not your enemy. And if you're a visitor and you wanted to sit where you wanted to sit, the ushers, not your enemy. I know I was going to get an amen from the ushers. <laughs> Ephesians 6.12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the power of this dark world against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. But listen to the message version. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is the key. This is for keeps. Life or death. Fight to the finish. Some of us are not identifying who we need to fight. We're deferring for who we can see in the fight. And the Bible wants us to understand, God wants us to understand that our faith fight is necessary because we're not fighting against who we see. Luke twenty two thirty one says this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you all as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. He didn't say that you wouldn't fail. He said that your faith does not fail. See, the thing is that the devil wants to separate us. The devil used tactics like distraction. And distraction goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. If you just think about it. Think about it. The devil beguiled Eve and made her forget about abundance and focus on lack. This is what the word says. Of every tree. Does every sound like abundance or lack? I'm going to say it again. Does every sound like abundance or lack? Of every tree. You may freely eat, but accept the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, sometimes we start listening to what the enemy is saying and then we become an every and accept type of person. Case in point, all my girlfriends are now getting boyfriends and accept, accept me. Looks like everybody's getting a blessing except 
me. See, that's when you got to identify who's talking. If you don't identify who's talking, how many of you can remember growing up and if you were in another room and if there was a whole lot of voices, if your mama called your name? And then if you didn't respond quick enough, boy, didn't you hear me calling you? Which leads me to my third point. You must know how to fight. Mm. See, I remember my first fight. It wasn't the one in the seventh grade. My first fight, I was six or seven years old. And, and, and I didn't grow up with the little brothers. Well, my brother's seven years younger, so he probably wasn't even born yet. And I didn't grow up in a, in a family where I had boy cousins where we could roughhouse each other. I had girl cousins. And you know, when you were growing up back in my day, you couldn't just roughhouse your girl cousins because that was cause for a whooping immediately. But I was at my grandmother's house, Granny May. And there were some boys across the street and they were playing throw up football. And it was only about four of them, so I made number five. And for those of you that don't want, don't know what throw up football is, that's when you go and you're planning, you throw the ball up and whoever catches the ball, then everybody else come to tackle you. And so one time I got the ball and I ran to the short end of the, of the yard to score the touchdown, slam the ball down. And then the little boy say, come back. And so then I said, I don't want to come back. Because I knew what the end was going to be for me. But then this one little boy came up and he hit me right in the stomach. That was the very first time that I experienced air leaving my body. I'm crying. I'm trying to get some air. I think I'm going to die. I'm crying and I finally get some air. And I decide I don't want to play with these boys no more. So I walk home, walk to my grandmother's house crying. And as soon as I walked in the house, boy, what's wrong? He hit me. He who? See, my grandmother, she was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. But my grandmother was using choice words. And so she said, this don't make no blankety blank sense. <laughs> Did you hit him back? I was like, no. She said, oh, no, 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 no. What you going to do is go right back over there. And this is what you're going to say. You're going to tell that little boy, I bet you won't hit me again. And I said, but I don't want to. She said, you're going to either have to go and fight him. Are you going to have to fight me? Well, I, I, at six years, she's, I know she's thrown off. I, I have history with her. So I was going to take my chance with the little boy. So I walked back across the street. Unbeknownst to me, my grandmother's just standing on the porch. I'm just walking over there. I'm crying. 
And I tell the little boy, I say, I bet you won't hit me again. <laughs> and then he swung and he hit me, but not in my stomach. He swung and he hit me. And now I'm just crying. Ah! I'm just eyes closed, throwing wind punches, not connecting with anything. And then the little boy hit me in my stomach again. This time the air didn't leave my body, but now I'm, I'm defeated. And I walked back across the street crying. And so my grandmother just casually walked down to the, the driveway. She met me. She said, you know what? I'm proud of you. I'm like, this little boy done beat me up twice. <laughs> and you're proud. She said, you went over there and at least you tried to fight back. So then I said, well, Lord, what is the lesson in that? See, the test for me was, am I going to obey my grandmother? And go over and do what she asked me to do? And then here was the thing. She said, you know what? We got to teach you how to fight. But here's my message to every believer in the house. What Many of us are taking blows by the devil and we're walking away from the fight. We don't even want to fight. We want somebody else to fight. That's why we can call the prayer line and say, will you pray for me in this area? Nothing wrong with that. Because the Bible says one to put a thousand, two to put ten thousand. But have you been fighting? You can't walk away from the fight. James 4, 7 says this. Submit yourselves to God. Then resist the devil and he will flee. See, the thing is that after having done all to stand, you got to stand there for. See, when you know the word and you know how to use the word, then you know what? The enemy has got us to flee from you. Now, here's the second point. You got to stop fighting with your emotions. Some of us get all in our emotions. And then we start blaming other people for the fight that we're in. The Bible says in King, uh, in King James, it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It says here, for the longest, I used to, I used to say this. Just to the men, I would say to the men, when that lust spirit rises up in you, you got to take that thought captive. But not only is it men these days, woman of God, when that spirit of lust hits you, you got to take that thought captive. And sometimes you got to say, I take that thought captive and bring it to obedience of Christ. And if that thought keeps coming up, I take that thought captive and bring it to the obedience of Christ. I take that thought until that thought is no longer there. When those thoughts arise of feelings of anxiety, you got to take that thought captive. Which leads me to my last point. 
You must, you must know when to fight. You got to know when to fight. You got to know who to fight. You got to know how to fight. And you got to know when to fight. And this fight is every day. When you wake up in the morning, you already should be in fight mode. You should be already waiting to be activated. What's, 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 see, some of us, we're in fight mode, but we're in the, in, in the people, the flesh fight mode. And then in Luke 9, 23, it says, and he was saying to them, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself. How many of you know it? Denying yourself takes a fight. And so now, We fight so many things that are physical. But what happens when your peace is on the line? Fight. What happens when joy is on the line? Fight. What happens to when your patience is on the line? You gotta fight. Because faith requires fighting the good fight. And our testimony is on the line. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. So how can we apply this? And I'm coming to a close. The first thing you want to do is you may want to start on your knees and on your face before God. Lord, show me how to fight this battle. It's easy for us to think that we can fight it. But at the end of the day, God will give you the strength. He will give you the fortitude to fight because in the end, we win. In the end, we win. But are you willing to put up a fight? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord God, that we are fit for the fight. And we thank you now, Lord, that you have equipped us. You've given us everything that we need. Lord, help us as we endure, build us up, strengthen us in the faith. Because we know that we are fit for the fight. It's in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen and amen. With heads bowed and eyes still closed.